0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening. Don't unfriend me, nation. Episode 455 tonight. What are we talking about? Talking about gun control specifically, or more importantly, not gun control, because we all figured gun control would come through with legislation. But the, this is Joe Biden's presidency. Of course not. It has to be an executive order, which is an overreach but I guess he likes losing in the Supreme Court. I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to tell you why this is going to get punted back and, of course, not become a, a law. This is really an enhancement on law that's already on the books. But some of the verbiage is concerning. We'll talk about it. We'll also talk about Joe Biden's losing record in just a second on the Don't Unfriend Me show. I will be right back after we listen to Judge Janine.
1: It's Judge Janine, and I wanted to congratulate you on the Don't Unfriend Me show at the Dumb Show. Uh, I was thinking about that whole thing the other day when I thought it was right after Donald Trump was elected that everybody on the the left started unfriending anyone on the right. So I'm glad you're calling them out. You've got a great name for the show. And I hope that you're true to the values, conservative values, Republican values, and that you call those people out. I think it's great. And I know you've got 135,000 followers. I hope you get a lot more. And uh, just keep the faith. Keep fighting. I think we, we may get America back. But in the meantime, we've got a steep hill to climb. And you're one of the fighters, one of the patriots. So thank you for what you're doing.
0: Thank you, Judge. I appreciate your support and endorsement. Who am I? My name is Matthew Spear. I'm the host of Don't Unfriend Me, also Breaking Truth. You can stop by. uh, If you are interested, which I hope you are, and following and listening to the show on more than one occasion, you can find me at The Dumb Show across all social media podcasts everywhere else. We're on 16 different podcasts. And you can find me at thedumbshow.com. If you want to stop on by, say hello, pick up some hats, some shirts, some coffee, we've got some great stuff. Stop on by and take a look. Dumb 10 will get you 10% off on your entire order. And we give 10% back to the Travis Mannion Foundation. Yes. And if you add those two things up, that's 20% out of my revenue, so we're not making that much, but we appreciate the support, so please do so. Joe Biden, Executive Order Biden. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous at this point. This man just is a glutton for punishment. We all know one of the biggest losses that we saw for Joe Biden was the Obamacare fiasco with the mandate. Now this went to court several different times, 2010, 2012, and ultimately that Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act was constitutional, but several states sued 2017 and and then the mandate was completely dropped from all insurance programs. Now, I would consider that a loss because that was the big thing, right? Incentivized through tax, which is what Democrats do on just about everything. But one of the largest that had been the most upstanding and longstanding, not law, but a leech on the 14th Amendment, which is an unconstitutional action in regards to Roe v. Wade, we know abortion. Well, that was a huge loss under Joe Biden's presidency, which was kicked back to the states where it should have been all along in the 10th Amendment, just one that he has lost most recently. How about the Supreme Court voting in a 6-3 ruling to overturn Biden's eviction moratorium in August of 2021? With the court's three liberal-leaning justices dissenting, but of course, the Biden administration previously admitted that it lacked the legal authority to extend the federal moratorium after it expired in July 2021. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, however, issued a new moratorium, That was set to expire in October. It's interesting that so many people didn't flip out about that, that the CDC is making policy for the United States. I think that should trouble just about everybody. Of course, they tried to go ahead and push that through and make that official as they have since 2002. But once again, most states push back on that and most countries push back on that. We don't want the CDC and the World Health Organization making policy in the United States. Here's the question. The question is, is why does Biden keep using executive orders when they are designed for legislation that's passed through the House, through Congress, and ultimately to make the law that they write effective and possible? He can use funds, he can get through red tape, and he can streamline the process to ensure that the laws are followed. But writing new law is not the president's job. In fact, that was what separation of powers were all about, the recent defeat with COVID-19 vaccine, we remember this, when we sent nurses packing and we fired military people and also other people who worked in federal buildings, and it affected a sweeping number of employers. May And it may be the most painful yet for the administration because this was something that he ultimately wanted to carry the vaccine into that 92% rate. Remember when it was 60, then it was 70, then it was 80, then Fauci admitted that we'll never reach it. The Supreme Court blocked enforcement of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA's, vaccination mandate for businesses with 100 or more employees. The OSHA mandate was a signature COVID-19 policy Biden had been pushing for months, despite protests from conservatives and even Democrats alike. Let's give it its due. In the same month, the Supreme Court ruled that Biden administration's attempt to get rid of the Trump-era Remain-in-Mexico policy violated federal, federal law. And similar to the stay of execution and the moratorium on collecting rent for landlords, this was also found to be unconstitutional. It was established by the Trump administration in January 2019, but a little bit different. This was to challenge the constitutionality, and striking it down ultimately would have been unconstitutional. The Remain in Mexico policy or Migrant Protection Protocols, the MPP, returned migrants to Mexico to await asylum hearings instead of keeping them in the United States. The Trump administration presented the policy at the time as an important part of its efforts to end catch and release and stem the flow of illegal immigration. Critics of the policy claimed that the policy was cruel and put migrants at risk of violence and exploitation in Mexico. However, In just recent weeks, the Biden administration has been pecking around the idea to reinstate this Trump policy, of course, while taking credit for it and renaming it to something less sinister, I'm sure an unrecognizable version of what it used to look like on the service. As far as Title 42, which some of you may know, the SCOTUS found the directive to be constitutional as well, even though Biden wanted to end it. One specific provision of Title 42 that has received recent attention in Section 42, U.S. Code 265, which allows the U.S. government to impose health-related restrictions on people entering the country during a public health emergency. Remember when we were under a public health emergency and having unmitigated entrance into our border, which is still the same today? Biden campaigned against the MPP and tried to get rid of it following his inauguration, but his attempts were blocked by federal appeals courts after Texas and Missouri sued. The Supreme Court is now deciding the fate of the most high profile of President Biden's multiple efforts to forgive loans with our tax dollars that we never took out or paid for on our own, or the ones that we paid for already college debt forgiveness was one of the biggest platforms that Joe Biden ran on and bought votes in the midterms for Democrats. Well, once again, he's going to lose that too. Supreme Court is going to judge on that in the coming months. And everyone is preparing for that to obviously impact the 2024 election. But this is what Joe Biden does. Failure after failure. The most recent is the new executive order towards banning guns. Now, I want to be clear, Joe Biden, a lot of a lot of conservatives are flipping out over this. I'm not too happy about it either. But all it's doing is taking current laws and expanding it and giving the alphabet agencies a little bit more of a nudge to do what they are directed to do. But there's some nuance here that's very troubling and people should be upset. First, let's listen to the video and then we can kind of split what is new and what is uh, kind of old, and we'll go from there. Here it is. But the president worked to shore up support among gun control advocates. Today, he signed an executive order to strengthen gun background checks and then, as Daniel Backus reports, discussed the move while visiting the scene of a January mass shooting near Los Angeles where 11 people lost their lives.
1: President Biden traveled to Monterey Park, California, to call for tougher gun laws. I'm here with you today to act.
0: The president made his remarks in this. Now, I want to say something. Joe Biden does this often. He he will make this uh, punt and decision and he'll kick the ball to Congress uh, all the while doing an executive order. And what he's saying is I'm justifying my actions because the Senate can't pass a law. So I'm going to assert power from the people by going ahead and enforcing an executive order. He, he's done this with every of the aforementioned losses that he's had with the Supreme Court. And this will be the same. He knows he doesn't have the constitutional right to do this because once again, the president enforces laws doesn't necessarily make them. However, he's using verbiage in laws that are already on the books and he's pushing law enforcement to up the ante.
1: City where a gunman killed 11 and injured nine others who were celebrating the Lunar New Year in January. I'm here on behalf of the American people to mourn with you, to pray with you, let you know you're loved and not alone earlier the president signed an executive order to increase the number of background checks to be conducted before firearms can be sold this executive order helps keep firearms out of dangerous hands
0: yeah there's no proof that uh, increasing background checks does not uh, stop gun violence and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna blow it apart in just a minute however I think most people, I've lived in background check states my whole life. Whether it be Texas, there's a background check, California, the waiting period and that and and, and limitations on certain uh, magazines that you can possess or certain types of firearms is really where the... The rubber meets the road, but background checks are a fairly common thing. Now, people are like, well, I can go to any gun show and just buy a gun. Well, that's not necessarily true. Uh, There are loopholes, but even if you're going to sell a gun to a friend, there is a process behind this. People think it's just uh, you walk in and you just get a gun and you leave. It's not that simple. Yes, it's a lot more difficult to do some things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it should be. The question is are there other alternatives to uh, making it difficult for legal gun owners to buy a gun? And, and the answer to that question is absolutely yes, but we're ignoring that because that's too hard. It would require us addressing the problem that this is a mental health issue, not a gun issue. With 450 million guns in the U.S., it's most assuredly not a gun issue.
1: As I continue to call on Congress to require background checks for all firearm sales.
0: The order also increases the use of red flag laws. It addresses you see how it just subtly puts that increased use of red flag laws. But, but with, with absolutely, uh, there's no investment into what a red flag law is. And this is the overarching power that's within. And I'll break that down for you in a second.
1: The loss or theft of firearms during shipping asks the Federal Trade Commission to analyze gun marketing and increases federal support for gun violence survivors. We need to provide more mental health support and grief for grief and trauma. Uh,
0: Once again, I know I'm going to break this down in a second, but that's that's posthumously. That's after the fact. That's after the shooting happened. We need better mental health, but that needs to happen before shootings happen. We need to increase our ability to get people off the streets and get them the help that they need instead of just replacing it with a script for psychotropic drugs with absolutely no counseling whatsoever. It is a mixture in absolute futility. It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked since the Reagan years. And yes, Reagan was one that closed uh, most of the mental hospitals. And then Bill Clinton decided, to go ahead and close the rest. We need to understand is that mental health is the issue. But once again, after the fact doesn't do anyone any good.
1: And more financial assistance when a family loses the sole breadwinner or when a small business shuts down due to a lengthy shooting investing.
0: Let's give free stuff away again. That's not what the people want. They want their loved ones. Why are we doing stuff after the fact? Why are you trying to diffuse a bomb that's already gone off? Shouldn't we prevent the bomb from being built in the first place? And ultimately, that's not guns. The gun doesn't do it. It's the people who use the weapon who do it.
1: A poll taken after 19 students and two teachers were killed in a school shooting in Uvalde, Texas last year indicates 84% of Americans support background checks for all firearm cells, while 70% back red flag laws. But opponents say stricter gun control laws infringe on their constitutional rights. The Gun Violence Archive says the U.S. has already surpassed 110 mass shootings this year. The White House says the new executive order is the most comprehensive gun control policy. That-
0: Exit stage, whatever they tell me to go. Joe Biden also made a comparative contrast between his wife uh, and and uh, and child that were killed in a car accident. I, I, Mr. President, that's obviously something you always do. You talk about your sons and how you were in Iraq and they were in Iraq and died in Iraq. You talk about your kids. Listen, it's getting kind of old. This has this is no comparison. Just because you've lost a loved one doesn't mean you understand what it is to be a victim of a mass shooting and lose a family member. It is very different. Yes, it's tragic what happened to you, but you're continued uh, resonating the same talking point in every situation. So somehow people can say, well, maybe it's not about me. Maybe it's about him maybe it's Joe Biden's guilt for not getting things done. And ultimately, he's trying to pass it off onto us that we should feel sorry for him versus the opposite. This is a standard Joe Biden tactic. It doesn't president work.
1: president can't enact without Congress. Danya is CBS News, Los Angeles.
0: Well, the order does follow the president signing the Safer Communities Act. That was the most significant gun control legislation we've seen in 30 years. Yeah, that doesn't do anything. It doesn't work. Otherwise, this shooting wouldn't have happened. If it was so paramount, then why didn't it stop this shooting? And that's the problem. But when it breaks down to this, this is what they're saying. The order will clarify existing federal laws that require background checks by anyone in the business of selling firearms with the aim of implementing almost almost, almost universal background checks without additional legislation, the White House said. It also directs the attorney general to develop a plan to prevent firearms dealers whose federal licenses have been revoked from continuing to sell guns and directs the DOJ to work with the secretary of transportation to reduce the number of firearms that are lost or stolen during shipping. Great Pete Buttigieg. I can't wait for this. This should be an absolute snafu. Somebody who doesn't know anything about guns. He didn't know anything about trains either. Look what happened. More laws don't necessarily mean that it's going to be better. When the government gets involved at this level, it's never a good thing. The Biden administration will now help expand public awareness of red flag laws. Interesting that they want to expand public awareness, but didn't just 74 some odd percent say they want red flag laws? So what you're saying is is that the people who were on that poll knew nothing and have no idea what a red flag law is, like I already said. Red flag laws are in place in 19 states, and it allows persons and firearms to be taken away if they're considered dangerous. Well, I guess not persons, but the person's firearms to be taken away. But there are no stipulations, and there's no detail to this. Considered dangerous, which means based on perception, not fact. Not that a person's dangerous to themselves or to the loved ones. If they're upset or if they have a show and a podcast and have guns in their house, all of a sudden, should they be taken away simply because that person is frustrated or angry? As well, it will take steps to promote safe storage of firearms, which everybody's hopefully doing. I mean, it's just like protecting your vehicle during a hailstorm. You put it in the garage or you put it under a covering. These things are common sense. And anyone who leaves their guns out for children to play with and grab, well, those people are idiots. But that's not necessarily involved in mass shootings. Yes, there have been guns that have been taken from parents' safes and also from their home and used in mass shootings. And once again, the parents should be held culpable for that because it's ultimately uh, something that can cause immense harm. But just like a vehicle or, or just like anything else that can cause... um mass death, you're responsible. And and unfortunately, we assume just because it's a gun and it's portable and it can be hidden that it's not just as deadly as a car. You shouldn't be drinking and driving. You shouldn't allow a teenager to go 110 miles an hour. But once again, if a teenager or a child is going to do something without your knowledge, you can only do so much. It's the same thing with a criminal or a person who's intent on doing a mass shooting. There is only so much you can do to keep firearms out of somebody's hands. And ultimately, they will find something else to use. That's the way this works. Information on firearms dealers who have violated federal laws will be made public and accessible under the order in order to hold them accountable and increase transparency and directs the Federal Trade Commission to issue a public report on how firearms are marketed, including to minors. The order instructs federal agencies to develop more rigorous requirements, this is the important one, around using the National Integrated Ballistics Information Network, the NIBIN, which matches gun casings to the firearms they were fired from and helps connect different shootings and asks the agencies to issue progress reports on their compliance with the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act on gun control that Biden signed into law last year. It doesn't talk about rights. It doesn't talk about warrants. It doesn't talk about any of that. It's interesting how that verbiage is going to to increase or decrease your rights to privacy and not to simply have your firearms collected when you shoot at the range or maybe going to your house and taking samples of your casings and then trying to tie that to a national database to see if it's been used in a crime. It doesn't sound like privacy is a big concern right now for the Joe Biden administration, Biden will ask his cabinet to develop a proposal for supporting communities who have been impacted by mass shootings and gun violence survivors, including mental health and financial assistance and food. The order also directs the attorney general to work with Congress to modernize the Undetectable Firearms Act of 1988, which is set to expire in December to make it harder for firearms to be made that can evade metal detectors. Although mass shootings, including school shootings, are horrible, and they are, they only make up a small fraction of the gun violence that occurs in the United States each year. Depending on how one defines a mass shooting, of course, and this is a stipulation, there's only been somewhere between 38 and 513 people killed in them in the U.S. in 2020. Now, you might say, well, that's impossible. They said that there were hundreds. They said that there were almost thousands of mass shootings. One mass shooting death is is one too many. There's no doubt. But there were 45,222 total gun deaths in the country and in 2020, according to Pew Research Center. Most gun deaths, 54%, are suicides, while murders are not so distant. Second, at 43, according to Pew, even though suicides and accidental gun deaths and murders outside of your metropolitan area normally don't make the local news when they happen, they're examples of what gun violence usually look like on a consistent basis. Now, when they say a mass shooting, I want you to understand that doesn't mean someone going into a school or a supermarket or a mall. This is so important in the conversation. It includes gun violence in the inner city, where drive-by shootings take place on a nightly basis across the United States, where more than four people are hit. That is considered a mass shooting, but they don't say that, and that makes up most of the mass shootings in the United States. Do you see how it's a a disingenuous number? Therefore, this is where the most potential exists to reduce gun violence in the country, with criminals. It's not to say politicians should ignore mass shootings, but politicians shouldn't dismiss solutions to gun violence just because they would not have stopped the horrific mass shootings committed in communities such as Columbine, Sandy Hook, Connecticut, Parkland, Florida, Uvalde, Texas, or the most recent Even if every gun that politicians classify as an assault weapon disappeared tomorrow, mass shooters would have plenty of equally lethal alternatives. Handguns, which you may not know, most mass shootings are perpetrated with a handgun. Since only 12% of the guns used in mass shootings are what they call assault rifles, even though there's no such thing. Biden's action on Tuesday doesn't change government policy. Rather, it directs federal agencies to ensure compliance with existing laws and procedures, a typical feature of executive orders issued by presidents when they confront the limits of their own power to act without cooperation from Congress. Joe Biden is using a motion to do what he always does. Nothing. This will most assuredly be punted by SCOTUS, and he will lose yet again. And if you're counting, he'll be 0 for 6 with the courts. As the states challenge and win yet again. Joe Biden is emboldened from his constant rhetoric to ban guns and now doesn't hide the fact that he is setting up for door-to-door confiscation, if necessary. He simply wants to see how far Americans will bend until they break. And I'm afraid he is about to find out awfully quick. And the following acronym comes to mind. FAFO. Fuck around and find out folks that's it for my show tonight thank you for watching please do me a favor like share and subscribe if you would if you liked the show great if you didn't that's okay maybe come back tomorrow and you can watch again please stop by my website at the or follow me at the dumb show across all social media stop by the store pick up a cool shirt including the let's go brandon shirt and save 10 percent with code dumb 10 please do me a favor listen to the following this is important it's about veteran suicide and every single veteran's life matters 22 a day it's too many and I'm out. I'll see you tonight live, 830. Good night. I'm David Boreanaz with the Cast to Seal team. And we have an important message for returning vets. We want you to know if you're struggling to cope, there's help. And it's just a phone call away.
1: The Veterans Crisis Line is staffed with experienced professionals who know your struggles. There's no greater sacrifice and service to our country.
0: We're able to enjoy our freedoms because of it. Your service is important. You are important. For vets and their families, the Veterans Crisis Line is here to help 24 hours a day.